All right, let's open our Bibles, uh, John chapter 5, if you would, please. John chapter 5, uh, we are picking it up at verse 24, and <clears throat> just studying through the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter, and we'll, you know, uh, never get to every book, I'm afraid, uh, at the pace that I go, but, you know, that's okay, you, you can uh, read all the rest of the books, and I encourage you to do so. We, we talked last time about claims that Jesus made, uh, and, you know, they're kind of radical claims that he made, and, and you know, he, he talked about himself as equal with the Father. And I think it's a very, very important thing to, to remember. Who is this Jesus, and, and what did he proclaim? What did he claim about himself? And, and, it, and, it, and it affects how we think. It, affects, it should affect how we live. Because if Jesus is our Lord and Savior, and if He is God incarnate, you know we need to pay very close attention to what He says and and listen to Him and and live for Him and live according to what He says, uh, and that's how we're going to be free. He says in John chapter eight, I can't wait till we get there. You know, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Uh, so a couple of things, we, uh, four things that we saw in the last study about uh, what he said about himself. He talked about being interdependent with him and the Father. They worked, you know, hand in hand. They worked together on everything. And, and only because he was God the Son could he actually make that claim and do that. Uh, it talks about him having the power over life and death. And we're going to talk about life and death today. But he has the power over life and death, and, and only God has power over life and death. No human being has that kind of power. It said that he was going to be the one that, that would be the judge. The Father gave that role to Jesus to be judge, that he would make the judgment. And then the last thing, and I think this really got them, was that, that he would be honored, that he would be worshipped. And again, only God is to be honored and worshipped. So he claimed all these things, and, and you know, we, we, we talked about that trilemma, you know, is, was he lying? Did he know he was just making this stuff up? Was he insane? Was he a lunatic? Or, or was he really who he said he was, he, really Lord? Lord God. So... <clears throat> Moving on into chapter, or excuse me, verse 24, I want to ask the question, you know, we, we talk about all that, and the question is, does it really matter? Do any of those things even matter? Or is this just some kind of, you know, spiritual, some kind of, uh, uh, you know, theological discussion? And a lot of people are kind of on that plane. Well, you know, we'll talk about religion, but it's kind of a, theolo it's a theological, it's just a discussion of the mind, and we just talk about this stuff, and it, it really doesn't, it doesn't really matter that much because you can believe what you want to believe, and I'll believe what I want to believe, and, and we can just talk about this stuff, and they're all just ideas, right? But is that really 
what he was trying to say? I think we're going to see. And, and when you look at the things that Jesus said, it was really, it's a matter of life and death. It's a serious business. I think it's way bigger than what we sometimes think. And I think, uh, I want to say this too, is that it has eternal consequences. Eternal consequences. Not just, oh, I might die tomorrow and, and that's the end and it's all over. No. Death is, is a portal into eternity. Right? It's a, it's a doorway into eternity. And what, what is beyond? So let's, let's pick it up because this verse 24, I think, is, is just a radical thing. And Jesus, again, he says some of the most radical Radical things. Look at verse 24. He says, I tell you the truth. I tell you the truth. Whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. Crossed over from death to life. Jesus used these words, I tell you the truth, and it's translated differently in different versions. Some say, verily, verily. Uh, but he used the, this word, and it, it, the, in actual fact, the word is amen. Amen. So he says amen and amen, and, but, but it means truly. It means I'm telling you something that's very important. He said this 77 times, 25 times in the Gospel of John. He said these words, and he put them together, amen and amen, 25 times in the Gospel of John. When somebody says something like that to you, I, I think you need to say, and somebody says to me, I got something I got to tell you. And this is really, really important. Now, we, we wouldn't say to each other, um, verily, verily, I say unto you. You know, you'd look at me if I talked to you like that, like, you're really weird. But if I say, yeah, pay attention, I got something you know, that's really important, I got to tell you about this, I got I, I to explain this to you, you're going to say, okay, what is it? And if I said, well, I'm gonna, I've got a confession to make, you, you, you know, you, you get really, your ears open. You, you guys just perked up when I said that word. Now, I don't have any confessions to make today. Maybe I can think of one for later. But Jesus 25 times says, I tell you the truth. If there's one thing that we can trust Jesus to do is tell us the truth. We can trust him to tell us the truth. There's a lot of voices in this world. There are a lot of, a lot of voices that are telling us things that are not true. But Jesus will always tell us the truth. In fact, he said, John 14, he says what? That he was the way, the truth, and the life. He actually is the truth. So we, we, we look at him to find out what the truth really is. So, so look at this verse here. We're just going to break this down quickly and, and kind of see what the words say because it, it, it's such a radical statement that he's making here. Again, the issue is life and death. It isn't just <clears throat> some you know, interesting thing that Jesus had to say, and people talk about him and say, well, Jesus, you know, he was an incredible teacher. He said a lot of cool stuff, and, you know, 
philosophically, he, he had a lot to say and everything, but, but he's going a little deeper than that, wouldn't you think? He's talking about life and death, not only just life, but eternal life and eternal death. So he says there, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. The first thing we see is that it's whoever. It's open to anybody and everybody. It's, it's something that, that he came to give to us all. And, and, and you know, I, I think that, you know, each of us needs to make a choice. We need to make a decision. When he says, uh, I, I'm offering to you life, we, we, it's open to all. You can say, well, he, he didn't really want that for me. It says, he, he said it here, he said, whoever. And how many people does that cover? I think it covers everybody. So he said, whoever, it's opened all. He said, whoever hears my word and believes. There's this thing that we hear the word of God. And, and Paul tells us in Romans that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we hear what, what Jesus has to say. We hear it and it does something. And, and, and we hear that word and, and then we, we have to, again, make a decision. Am I going to trust what he said? Am I going to believe in him? Because that's what belief is. It's trust. And I read this morning about somebody who was translating uh, uh, the word believe uh, for a, tr you know, a, a group of people that didn't, you know, they didn't have a language. And he said, well, how can I translate it? And, and what he said was to put your whole weight upon. To put your whole life upon. So to hear what Jesus had to say and then put your whole weight, put your whole life, put your whole heart into and upon what he had to say. That's what he's talking about here. Not just, not, not just somebody who says, oh, I heard what Jesus said and sure, I believe that. You know, if you, if you go out in, in America today and you say, do you believe in God? Most people would say what? The overwhelming majority of people would say, yeah, of course I believe in God. Everybody believes in God. I mean, if you live in America, you believe in God. But that's not what he's talking about here. That's why, that's why there's, a, there's a, difference, a, dif a difference, a differentiation between those who truly believe and those who just say, they believe. oh, I believe that, of course I believe that. But somebody who has put their whole life and weight upon something, it's going to change you. It's going to have a radical effect in you. It's going, to, it's going to change your life. If it doesn't change our lives, I'm not sure that we really believe it anyways. You know, I believe that chair could hold me up if I sit in it. But if I really don't believe it, I think, well, I sort of believe it. I'm not going to sit in that chair because I don't really believe it. But if I do, I'm going to sit there. I'm going to, I'm going to be, have no fear. I'm going to sit right down and believe that it's going to hold me up. It's going to affect the way I live. It's going to affect the way I act. He said, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me, it says he what? Has eternal life. It says he has it. That's an interesting thought, isn't it? Not that you're going to have eternal life. He didn't say, you know, if you believe in me, you will have, at some point, when you die, you're going to have eternal life. Is that what he said? 
No, he says you have it right now. You have eternal life right now. It begins now. The, the moment that we truly trust in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, truly allow him into our hearts and lives, something radical takes place. That's why in John chapter 3 it talks about being born again. A, a whole new life begins. That's eternal life. You have eternal life. He says, you have it right now. Yeah, does it, does it go on into eternity? Absolutely, of course it does. It's everlasting. It, it's without end. It, it never stops. It never ceases. So, you know, we're alive by the Spirit of God in our lives. We actually have eternal life. I have eternal life now. And the reason I'm making an issue about this, because I had to think about this, well, well, do I really believe that? Has it really changed? Does it, does it change the way I think? Is it, has it changed the way I live? Does it change the way I even feel sometimes? Is it, is it a truth that I, that I can kind of put my life upon? Has it really affected me? This word life, does anybody know what the Greek word is? <clears throat> Come on, you Greek scholars. You do know it. You just don't know you know it. Anybody? Three, two, one. Z-O-E. Right? Anybody here by that name? Zoe. We, call it, we say Zoe. It's probably technically pronounced Zoe. But that's the word we use as we, people have that name. It means life. Zoe. Zoe. And, and what it means is, it, it, I read this definition, the absolute fullness of life, real and genuine. Let me read that again. The absolute fullness of life, real and genuine. Do you have that kind of life? Do I really have life like that? That's kind of radical. That's why I'm, that's why I'm saying, you know, is it, is it really is that what I really have? Has it affected me? Like, are, are people going to call me Zoe? Of course, we, people they have that name. They have no idea what that means, right? I, I, uh, I didn't realize this till recently. Uh, my son's wife's name is Irene, right? And, and, I, and I was looking at my Blue Letter Bible, of course, as I do so often, and I looked up the word peace. And guess what the word for peace is? Irene. So the word, I, the name Irene means peace. So, so uh, I, I said that to my son and I'm thinking, wow. We have these names and we don't even really know what they mean. We have eternal life and do we really know what that means? Is, it, is there really that life inside of me? Are we truly living? Are we truly alive? Are we just getting by? We have something and we don't, it doesn't even change me. It doesn't even affect me. Are we truly, truly alive? Now, if we just went around the room and I, and I asked you, said, are you, are you truly alive? I don't mean, yeah, are you alive? Yeah, of course I'm alive. Can't you see? Look at me. And, and I'd say, well, the truth is you kind of look half alive. <laughs> 
Depends on how you're feeling today and everything. But, but he's saying that, that this is something we have right now. You have eternal life, this life within you, this absolute fullness of life, real and genuine, truly alive. You know, John 10.10 says this. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And Jesus said, I have come that they may have what? Life. And have it abundantly or have it to the full. Now that's not just in the future when we get to heaven, right? That's now. He says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Have true life, have genuine, absolute life within us. Like I said, I, I, I had to really think about this and, and, and I'm challenged by it. Because, you know, what do people see? Do they see like there's something different? Do they see some kind of life in you? Is that, you know, that fragrance of life that Paul talks about in, in uh, Corinthians? Or is it a fragrance of death? Some of us, we might be born again, but people kind of get the idea of death when they get around us. And that's not good, is it? The fragrance of life. I've come that they might have life and they would have it to the full or abundantly. Notice the next thing he says here is that there'd be no condemnation. Now that means no judgment. Uh, you know, we talk about no condemnation, and, and I'm not saying these things so that you and I would be condemned, okay? He's not condemning us if we're not full of, you know, overflowing with life and the Holy Spirit is like bubbling up out of us. He's not going to condemn us for that. I think he wants us to have more. I think he wants to encourage us, hey, I've got this for you. I want you to have this. This is what you already have. But this idea of no condemnation uh, really means there'll be, there'll be no judgment. And, and what he's talking about, of course, is the fact that the debt is paid. And you know what double jeopardy is? <clears throat> How many of you know what double jeopardy is? You mean you can't be, you can't, you know, get charged and, and, you know, get that put on you if you've already been through and it's been adjudicated or the judgment's already been done. You can't go through that again. And that's like what he's talking about here. If you and I are truly born again, we have faith in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, the debt is paid, the judgment, we will not come into judgment. The debt is paid. Now the judgment, there was judgment for us, right? Where did that go? It went on Jesus. He took it upon himself. He took my judgment, he took your judgment on himself. The judgment has to be paid. It wasn't like, well, we're just going to we're just going to cross, you know, we're going to just, you know, gloss over that and we're not going to worry about that. No. The judgment had to be paid because God is just. God is holy. I like this. I like these words here though in in uh, verse 24 where it says that he has crossed over he has crossed over from death to life. Notice that's the order. He's crossed over. 
And that is the order. But this word crossed over, it means to change places. You've, you've gone from one place to another place. One, one guy wrote this. He, says, he said that uh, he has changed his country or place of abode or where he lived. The man who, who doesn't know God lives a dying life or a living death. But he who believes in the Son of God passes over from the empire of death to the empire of life. Wow, that sounds like uh, some kind of a sci- sci-fi, uh, you know, topic movie. Was there some kind of empire thing? I don't know about some of that. I've heard that word somewhere. <laughs> Passed over from the empire of death to the empire of life. That's incredible. Is that me? Is that you? Are you living in the empire of life? How many of you have been up to the Empire State Building? Way, way up. That's pretty high up. That's kind of scary when you go up there. I haven't been up to the very top, but I went up to the, the other level where they let you go. The empire of life, it's pretty, it's pretty high up there. That's where, he wants, that's where he wants us to be. But anyways, the order that we see here is important. We don't go from life to death to life. We go from death to life. This word death, it, it is an interesting word, and, but, but it, the bottom line for death is that it is separation, right? Physically, when we die, we are separated from our body. We're not there anymore. We are separated from one another. But there is such a thing as a spiritual death. And spiritual death means to be separated as well, but it's, it's an eternal separation from God. That's what it is. That's what death, spiritual death, the second death, is to be eternally separated from God. The, the word we use is hell. That's what the definition of hell is. It's a place it's a literal place. It's a real place. It's not just some kind of you know, imaginative thing where people are eternally separated from God. Eternally separated from God. Why? Well, we're going to look at a few verses. I want you to turn with me to uh, Ephesians chapter 2. We got, let's look at a few verses. So, 1st Ephesians chapter 2 So that's that's ahead about I don't know 8 or 9 books or something like that. <clears throat> I didn't count but if you use your index if you can't find it uh, quickly. But Paul writing to the church at Ephesus and he explains so many things in these letters, the epistles that Paul wrote, he would explain some of the, the, the things that we're studying and we're reading about. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1, <clears throat> Paul says this. He said, as for you, you were what? Dead. Dead. In your transgressions and sins in which you used to live, When you follow the ways of this world, the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. So we were dead. He says, you were dead. 
Jesus said, you have eternal life. That means you're alive now. You, you are alive. But, but before that, that's why he says we crossed over from death to life. Before that, you and I are dead. Before we have this life-changing experience with Jesus Christ, we are just dead. Spiritually, we do not have a relationship with God. Spiritually, we are separated from Him. We're just dead. The living dead, you've heard about that. Dead men walking, that's kind of like what we're talking about here. The Blue Letter Bible said this, the misery of the soul arising from sin, which begins on earth but, but lasts and increases after the death of the body in hell. We, we you know, we're... Our, our bodies are, you know, we're physically alive, you could say that, but spiritually we are, we are dead. There's a deadness. I think those of you who, who have been born again, you know that when you received Jesus Christ and you were truly changed, you experienced what, he's, what Jesus was talking about, crossing over, that something radical happened inside you and you go like, wow, like your eyes are open, like you, you're alive now. Like I, that's because what we are is dead. Why, why are we dead? Because, because the, the wages of sin, Paul tells us, the wages of sin is what? Is death. We're dead. That's what he said here in, in verse 1. You're dead in your, in your transgressions and sins, in which the way you used to live. We've got to be careful, and, and this is not the subject we're looking at today. We've got to be careful, though, that we, when we are born again and we have this brand new life, we don't go back and, into the ways and, of the world and, and the ways of the ruler of the, the kingdom of the air, the, the dead ways, and live back doing the dead stuff that we used to do. We can. It's called backsliding. Going back to the vomit. It's like going back doing things that, that that's what dead people do. We've crossed over from death to life. But Jesus came to give us life. Turn, turn ahead two more books to the book of Colossians. He talks about it again in the book of Colossians. When he talks about going from death to life. Actually, Colossians chapter 2, but... but but we're going to read a couple more verses in Ephesians chapter 2 before we get to Colossians 2. So put your hand in both. Um, can you multitask? Okay. Save that place in Colossians 2, but let's look at Ephesians 2 for a minute and jump down to verse 4 and 5. He says this, but, talking about us being dead, he says, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us what? Alive. He made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. He made us alive even when we were dead. So it's something that God has to do. I can't make myself alive. You know, the dead person can't make him or herself get up and be alive. I can't do that. Jump down to verse 8. Verses that you, I'm sure, have heard before. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. 
not by works so that no one can boast. He says you've been made alive, but it's by grace. It's something, a free gift. It's something that we didn't earn. But it, it comes about through faith. And Jesus said it too, to all who would believe, whoever would believe. So, so for you and I to have faith and trust in God, he says, he says that we would be made alive. Now turn to Colossians chapter 2. He's going to say a very similar thing in Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. He says, when you were dead, <clears throat> not if you were dead, when you were dead, when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature or your flesh, he says, God made you alive with Christ. How did he do that? It says, he forgave us all our sins, having canceled the written code with its regulations that was against us, that stood opposed to us. And how did he do it? It says he took it away, nailing it to the cross. He took it away, nailing it to the cross. We were dead. We were dead in our sins. And what did he do? He made us alive with Christ. How? But by forgiving us of those sins, by taking those sins and, and dying for those sins on that cross when he was nailed to the cross. From death to life. From death to life. Interesting thing, John the Apostle says later in 1 John, he, he, he says, well, how do you know? How do you know if you have been passed how do you know if you've crossed over from death to life? And he, and he literally says these words. He says, we know that we have passed from death to life because we love our brothers. Because we love our brothers. Something happens and, and love comes into our lives and into our hearts. If you hate everybody in this room, <laughs> there's a good chance you haven't made the crossover. <laughs> If you hate me, that's, I don't know why you hate me, but I'm going to get rejected any minute now. How do you know? Have you really crossed over? Has it, has it changed your life? Has it changed my life? Has it, has it done anything for me? You've got to think about these things. You know, you can't... You, that's why I think we, we, we look at the Word of God, we, we try to understand what does it say, what does it mean, and, and then how does that affect me? How, you know, how do I apply that to my life? And a verse like this, number one, you need to cross over, you need to make that step, you need to be born again, you need to be saved, or, or you have no life, you are already dead, you are dead, you will stay dead unless you are born again. But once you are born again and you have life, what, what then? You know, it's like taking a verse like this and, and asking yourself, asking myself, am I truly alive? Is this like, is this, is this reality? Is this true? Is it true for me? 
Again, that fragrance of life, is, that, is the fragrance of life coming out of me? And, 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 and we take these words, these scriptures, we meditate on them, we think about them. Well, you know, what does that mean? Again, how do I apply that? Let's go back to John, finish our section here. John chapter 5. Verse 25, again, the subject is still life and death. Some of the things he's talking about in these next verses are for the present and some are for the future when uh, judgment will come and some of the things that we read about in the uh, end times uh, take place. But look at verse 25. He says, I tell you the truth. He says it again. I tell you the truth. The time is coming. And has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. So he's talking about those. He says the time has come. It's right now. When the dead will hear, and, and, you, and you and I, yeah, we're alive physically, but dead spiritually, we hear the voice of the Son of God. And those who hear, those who believe, those who take it in will live. It's open for you right now. Maybe, maybe, you've, never, maybe you've never received him. I, again, I, I, I trust and hope that every single person in this room has made a decision to trust Jesus to be your Savior. And you, you've been you know, made alive in Christ. Your sins have all been forgiven, washed away by the blood of the cross. But if not, well, today's a good day. Today's a great day to say, you, you know what? Hey, I've had enough. I, I, I'm, I'm tired of being dead. I'm tired of being dead inside. I want to live. So all you have to do is, is put your, all your weight on Jesus and what he had to say. All your heart upon him. The time is coming and has now come. When the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God. Maybe you're hearing his voice today. And those who hear will live. Verse 26, For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself. Again, we talked about that already, that, that Jesus has power over life and death, and in him, in him is life. Verse 27, And he has given him authority to judge because he is the Son of Man. Again, the authority to judge. We talked about that in the last section. Verse 28 and 29. Do not be amazed at this, for a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out. And those who have done good will rise to live, and those who have done evil will rise to be condemned. This is, again, now talking about future, the future resurrection and, and, and what is going to take place. You can read about it in the book of Daniel. You can read about it in the, in the book of Revelation. Let me just quote to you some verses from Daniel chapter 12. It says, at that time, he talks about like a tribulation period. He says, this time of distress that has not happened from the beginning of nations until then. He says, but at that time, after that time, 
Your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book, will be delivered. Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life and others to shame and everlasting contempt. The book of Revelation talks about this book, the book of life. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire, the second death. Is this stuff important? Mm -hmm. I think so. Mm -hmm. It's life and death. It's being passed over, crossed over from death into life. And it starts by faith. It starts with trusting and believing in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, which leads to changed lives. That leads to lives that do the right thing, that do good. I got a couple of verses I want to put up on the screen for you as we finish. <clears throat> These are in the Old Testament. <clears throat> so <clears throat> the Old Testament, if people say, well, I don't really read the Old Testament. It's, it's, you know, it's not for us today. Well, I just read the New Testament. But you know what? The Old Testament... These two, these two, the old and the new, they work together, you know, and, and things that are prophesied in the Old Testament, you know, are, are brought to pass in the New Testament. But some incredible verses, I want you to read these with me, if you would. Psalm 16, he says, "In You will show me the path of what? Life. And in your presence is fullness of joy. And in your right hand there are pleasures. How long? Forevermore, He's talking about eternal life, being in the, 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 the presence of God forever. He said, this is life. You've made known to me the path of life and joy, fullness of joy. That's not just in the future, but it is in the future. It's now and in the future. But another one, this is found in Deuteronomy chapter 30. Verse 19 through 20, he says, he says, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, what? Choose life. We have a choice to make. Choose life that you and your offspring may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice and holding fast to him. Why? For he is your life and length of days. Is that radical? That's in the law. That's in the law of Moses. Choose life, he says. I, I, the, the choice is before us. Which one would you want? Why, why? I don't understand why anybody would choose death. But Jesus talked about it in John 3. He said, you know, they, their deeds are evil. They, they prefer that. They prefer the darkness. They don't want to come into the light. But I don't know about you, but I want life. He says, choose life. Loving the Lord your God. It's a love relationship with, with us and the Almighty God. To obey His voice. To hold fast to Him. Why? For He is our life. He is my life. Can we say that? Can you say that? God is my life. The Lord is your life. Choose life. <coughs> Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray, shall we? <clears throat> Our gracious Heavenly Father,
You sent your son Jesus. You said that you loved the world so much that you sent your only begotten son that whoever would believe in him, whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting eternal life. And it's open to any and all. But it's not just the life that's going to happen when we die, Lord. You promised to give us life right now. Full life, real life, genuine life. It's challenging, God. Change us, Lord, that, that our lives would, would truly reflect that life, that that life would come through and, and people would see life and they'd say, I want that. I want that. Something about you. You're like alive. What is it about you? Lord, as we surrender to you, as we give you more of ourselves, as we surrender more of ourselves to you and, and say, Lord, take over <coughs> Let your life have a bigger place in my life because you are my life. You are my life. And maybe some, again, who have never made that decision. Maybe you want to choose life today. It's, it's, you can do it right now and I'd be honored to lead you in prayer right now to say to the Lord Almighty God, to Jesus Christ and say, Jesus I'm tired of living this life without you. So come into my life and, and, and give me life, eternal life now that I could truly live. And not only here in this life, but into eternity, eternal life. Oh God, we thank you for your word. We thank you. We love you. We need you. Desperately need your help. In Jesus' name we pray.